All right, it's a Friday. For a long weekend, anything can happen. It is Blair and Barker. Ahead of the Jays' three-game series against the Colorado Rockies at Coors Field. Jeff Passan joins us at 5.30. John Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, will be along at 6 o'clock. Patrick Saunders, Rockies reporter with the Denver Post, joins us at 6.30. Hyunjin Ryu takes the mound tonight against Chris Flexen. The Jays making a couple of moves today. Uh, It is September 1st. Rosters expand. You're allowed one pitcher, one position player. The Jays have brought up Spencer Horwitz Mm -hmm. uh, from Triple A. They have also, as expected, brought up Chad Green, who has checked all the boxes in his his rehab and who, let's remember, uh, is also in the picture for next year. I believe they have a mutual option. The, uh, the two teams, I'll take a look at it while you talk and, and, and educate the people. But he's, he's definitely in the picture for next year as well. So it's not like Chad Green is just coming up to pitch, uh, pitch a month or so and, 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 and get his uh, John has a lot of options. Back I, I know the John haters don't want to hear that because the more options that you have, the more chances he's got a, you've a risen, not making the right move. But you've risen his you've risen got, his defense lately. What are you talking about, John Schneider? This is like every show now. You've you've that's you've, not true. You've boldly stepped out there and and, and taken shots at people. Yeah, who, yeah. I, I, I'm not complaining. I, I'm just I'm saying the, it's a fact. I'm in the camp because I've been in a clubhouse many times. It ain't the manager. The manager means Mo- nothing. most most of the time. Now sometimes you can point the finger. I mean, when a dude's standing at third, it shouldn't be running home. But yeah, you can point the finger there, but. Bases loaded, nobody out, and you only score one run. I mean, that's it's hard to blame the manager. That's because I've been in a room before. I know what the conversations are like. Maybe the conversations are different now. Sounds like they are. Sometimes when you talk to coaches, it's, you know, more about it'll be okay instead of by getting it down and party out front. How about that a little bit? That's The conversation's just changed, and... it's it's there Most of the time, as you well know, expectations... The finger will not be pointed at the players most of the time. When there's blame, it's normally the manager who gets most of that. Okay, here we go, by the way, because someone asked. Uh, Chad Green, uh, there's a club option for the next three years at $9 million a year, uh, which takes him, uh, he'll be, that'll take him through uh, uh, his age 35 season. So the conditions are this, it's a three-year Twenty-seven million dollar club option. If it's declined, it's a one-year six-point-two-five player option. If it's declined, becomes a two-year twenty-one million dollar club option. So it's one of those uh, the way it's it's set up. But uh, very much, I think, possibility here that Chad Green puts himself in a position with this team for next year. Uh, next year as well. Spencer Horowitz is interesting. He's a dude who has for two years now just kind of quietly gone about his business in the minors. He can hit. Um, We'll see. We have not seen the starting lineup for tonight's game yet, but my sense is from, I think we talked to the same people, I don't think the Jays brought Spencer Horowitz up to sit on the bench. I think he's going to be given a shot to do what Davis Schneider has done. Yeah, with Doe Bobuchet and Matt Chapman out, absolutely. If you're if you're hitting, they're going to find a spot for you to 
be in the lineup somewhere, and he's earned it. Like he hit 407 in August, he hit 337 on the year. Uh, he looks like he knows how to hit a fastball. He looks like he knows how to take a breaking ball the other way, which is a giant deal in the big leagues. Looks like he can come off the bench too and hit some velocity in the eighth inning off of somebody, which is what they're wanting here. That that he also bats left, which uh, is I mean that doesn't hurt either. So there's there's some positives there and good for them. They they called a dude up that earned it. Yep. Good for them. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's you know, this is there's gonna be no waiver wire uh pickups here. This is kind of what you have. This is kind of what you have going forward. But I'm with you. It's it's nice to see a dude, as I said, who's just kind of gone about his business. Uh, he's 25 years old. He's he's obviously not a he's not a kid, um, but he's a guy who's gone about his business and done things the right way. And yeah, I I think it's I still like it when guys get rewarded for good years at AAA when people don't look at him look at them as top prospects. Like these guys don't necessarily make a top prospects list, but I like the fact that they're still getting a shot. And 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 Kevin, you're right. Why not? I mean. It's not like it's not like they're joining an offense that's been clicking on all you know, clicking on all cylinders here, and you're going, man, what are we going to do with these guys now? Well, yeah, they were, we saw it, Davis Schneider. If you're going to hit, you're going to get in the lineup. To, to your point, they were 19th in baseball in August in hitting home runs. They were 12th in getting hits in August. Any guy that can come up and put mm-hmm. barrel to baseball, it's a no, shot. I'm not talking Spencer's going to hit a bunch of home runs. He had, what, 10? That's not his game. His game is to use the entire field. He's not dead. John Schneider talks about this. He's not Davis Schneider. Yeah. He's not a lefty version of Davis Schneider. No, but you got to know yourself. Don't change. Right. Come up to the big leagues and, you know, that they're trying to find sparks. And, and your job as a manager is to put him in the right spot to have success and help you win a baseball game. That's good for them. That. They're gonna do. They're gonna try and do whatever it takes to try and make the their team as best as they possibly can with what they got. And good for them. Drop the uh, drop the knowledge on us that uh, that Mr. Wagner gave you before we. I came can't read here. all that. Like I, I tried. To, I mean, Mr. Wagner was very good at trying to tell trying to tell me that. Well, here we go. I'll, I, go I can vaguely remember, you, remember. Okay, go for it. Since 2012. Yeah. 89 percent of the teams that hold down a playoff spot as of September 1st, go on to make the playoffs. Yeah. That means the Jays are trying to do something only 11% of teams have been able to do since 2012, which is make the playoffs Yeah, while being out of, you know, playoff position. And they're trying to do it without their best hitter for a little while too. Having said that, this is not going to be the easiest thing to do. But we've also seen a lot of odd stuff this year from a lot of teams. Um, you know, teams like Seattle. I mean, we we've it's it's been an odd year, but yeah, it, it's uh, Seattle had their best player being their best player. I, that that that's that is the that's the difference for me between the two lineups in Seattle and the one here with the Blue Jays is a lot of the times they're Bo is their obviously their best hitter. Right, he's obviously with the injury. Even when he comes back, you you really don't know what you're going to get. The the finger will be pointed at the dude standing at first. Anything that would tell you that, you know, yeah. matching up the hands with the lower half, being on time, having a good game plan, being smart enough between the ears to know that when situations arise, how they're going to try and get you out. Consistently, but, do you think you can do that for a month? I 
Let me ask you this. It's no, all order. No, I know I'm not going to get into the whole Coors Field thing. We've done that. But it's, consi- right. it's considered It's considered to be a ballpark that hitters like hitting in. Could that help Vladdy? I mean, if Vladdy's homered there in the All-Star game. If ground balls to the pull side count as homers, yeah, I get man, This is man. what I said. This, this is... You are like just the, you're, the, you're a fun sucker today. The the ball yeah I'm a realist. The the ball the ballpark <laughs> has nothing to do sometimes with mechanics. Fun sucker. I mean it, it's it's you know what watching him do early work off a tee in Coors Field is probably not what you want to see right when a guy's having some trouble hitting velocity like I that that's I'm not saying he's doing that but I would guess just knowing what I know that he does for early work. When you have issues doing certain things, it would just make more sense that this is what I said, adapt and overcome. When something ain't working with what you're doing for long periods of time, maybe mix it up and try something different. That's right. Right. And until he consistently gets to velocity and out front and can look like he's hitterish with his takes on fastballs. I got, again, I, it's rare when he hits the ball the way he's supposed to hit it, that human being should be able to hit a ball like that. But consistently this year, and it's just, that for me is the head scratcher. When you see a Davis Snyder, I know we've talked about this. When you see how quickly he made an adjustment, whatever it takes, and how quickly he corrected it, at least it looks that way, optics-wise, yeah, you, got a, you got a little problem, you go in there and you figure it out, or you don't play anymore. How come Vladdy hasn't done that? How come, Vladdy, how come we're the only people that see movement with the hands and can't match that up with the lower half? Why isn't that fixed already? You talk about it till we're blue in the face. So it's September. That's That, for me, is the most confusing part out of all of this. Don't take no khaki. Sit around and go, hey, you know your hands are moving too much and you have trouble catching up to velocity. You're fouling balls off over the first base dugout. Don't take no smart person to walk up to Vladdy and say that. How come Vladdy hasn't fixed that? It's very confusing to me. That's the only part of it that I just the, uh, don't understand. The other teams around the Blue Jays in the standing, Seattle, uh, they're in New York to take on the Mets. Tampa Bay, they're in Cleveland to take on the Guardians. I don't know what that was. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Trying to get it off the table. <laughs> and yeah, it fell was, on my leg. Was it moving? No. Okay, good. Whew. Uh, Houston is in the Bronx. Take on the Yankees. Yankees brought up two of their top prospects. Astros, the best team in American League. Texas is in Minnesota. Toronto is, is at Colorado. Boston's at Kansas City. Sorry, is Houston the best team in the American League? I think when they're healthy, they are. Offensively, when their lineup is in the game and everybody's doing what they're trying to do, I just don't know how you pitch to them. I will say yes, but I will also say that after watching the Dodgers and the Braves last night. I said, I said night, American League. Okay. Not uh, in baseball. Yeah. American AL, League. AL, I would say, yeah. Uh, I would say, yeah. I just, you know, you know me. I mean, I don't. I think that I just can't figure out why the Rays are doing what they're doing. Seattle. I'm not sure the Rays know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm not sure the Rays <laughs> want to know. That, yeah. that might be part of it. Yeah. But, man, I, I will tell you. After watching that that series, or that not that series, but that game last night between the Dodgers and the Braves, wow. 
I mean, those those two those two lineups are well ahead of anything the American League's going to run into the postseason. Astros line's pretty good. Braves are. Oof. It's just it's just trying to keep the Braves lineup down to give the say Astros lineup a chance to have I don't two know or how three you, big innings. I don't know. I don't think you do. No, I, I'm with. I don't know how you do it. I don't think you do. I don't know how you do it. Um, and, and same thing, frankly, with you know with the Dodgers as well. No, they lost last night, but you, you watch you watch those two dudes at the top of the Dodgers order, and it's just. The difference between the Dodgers, for me anyway, and and the Braves, is there's five or six yes. Braves, yes, instead of two or three yeah. with the Dodgers. Completely like, right. like there's some windows with the Dodgers that if you're a good pitcher, you could work through and take a little break, and you know if you you add and subtract and get mm-hmm. some guys out front and get some quick outs, like you could work through that. Yeah, you doing that with the Braves? No. If you do, you're going to lose some baseballs, and it's going to be three or four to nothing for you turn around, and how quickly they score and basically, I mean, they're taking your soul in the first inning. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's over, basically. That's that's what they're trying to do because we had Alex on a bunch of times, and he said you're trying to make your lineup one through nine of a bunch of dudes that can hit homers. Yeah, They strike out a little bit. But if I can do that, I can win not only in the play in the regular season, but I, that'll carry over into the playoffs. It also stringing together hits against good pitching is hard to do in the playoffs. It also, it also really helps when the guys that are hitting home runs are playing pretty good defense too. Like that's the that'll other that's the other thing when you watch when you watch the Braves play the number of um, yeah it's not it's not even I mean everybody should make a routine play, but the Braves have a way of making the routine play look even more routine. I don't know if that makes sense. You watch them play, and, you know, there's some teams you kind of expect stuff to happen, bad stuff to happen to. I don't get that sense with the Braves. I just get the sense that the play's going to be made. Um, and, uh, yeah, they'll be. Yeah, they have good coaching. They have experienced coaching. They, they have coaching that you walk up to somebody and say, hey, when you were struggling 0 for 10, what did you do? Yeah. How did you fix it? And now it's instead of. Just o o for ten instead of o for fifteen, o for twenty, o for a month. You know, you're, you're shortening those slumps to turn it into success instead of you pulling your hair out trying to figure out from one month to the other on how to turn things around. Yeah, they're a really good team. Like it's, I mean, the, the only thing for me, the Braves, is you might hold your breath if you're a fan of those that team is the bullpen. Yeah, it, it's uh, you know, but the, you've also got to think that. They're, they're getting some of their starting pitching back now. They're getting some of their depth back. I've got to think at least a couple of those dudes will go into the bullpen in the postseason, and that might give them some length. They score a lot of runs to hide but, that. I think that's, that's yes. the, what they're banking on is they score so many runs. They're so hard to pitch to that they're going to win games in the playoffs 6-3, to 7-2 to two, to put a little or take a little pressure off the manager to always make the right move. It's not the easiest thing to do in the playoffs. No, no. And uh, the Braves do have enough dudes in their team that have enough guys in their team. I got to stop saying dudes. See, every, it's like Schneider uses the word dudes. Now I use the word dudes all the time. It was, you know, it's like when Nick Nurse was, was coaching the Raptors here. Did you notice how Nick Nurse always had yeah, this, I, this, this way of answering a question and going right at the end? And it's like every broadcaster and everybody who covered the team for like two years started, you know, you've got to go do this, right? So it's like the I same think that's thing with John praying for dudes. Schneider and dudes. instead of just a dude. He may that be play sh- short. He's praying for dudes. He may be praying for dudes. He is. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, I am looking at his numbers at Coors Field. I think 
try to find here. I think his numbers at Coors Field are, are, uh, are pretty decent. Oh, let's see. I could have been wrong. I think I thought his numbers at Coors Field were, uh, were relatively I decent. I think he gives up some it. hits. He just doesn't give up a ton of runs. Yeah, opponent's batting average against it at Coors. Yeah, let's just let's just not let's just. It's in the three fifties. Yeah, I've looked that up. Ten that Jeff didn't go. There. It's it's. He had. I thought he had some recent success at Coors. That's because Spielberg said that yesterday. That's oh, that's, 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 okay. that's why. That's where so you got it was that bad from. data. Bad you data. Look, well, you know. No, actually, Spilly's really good. A couple at of years ago, he lining it up and. Yeah, he he's he's had some good outings at Coors. Yeah, he's got to live on the corners. He's got to add and subtract. He's the the slow curveball has to be a thing. He's got to keep it off the barrel. He does that. The day the outfield defense is lined up the right way. That's a key there. Is you know you got to have really good game plans about what he's throwing and when he's throwing it to where you're standing in the outfield because of how big the gaps are. If you do that, he's a smart enough guy. He can elevate the fastball, which is a thing. He can go in which is a good thing. The two-seamer, yeah, look, if it's located, because you know, I would rather, for me anyway, I'd rather him throw the, the four-seamer because it's a, it's a couple miles an hour harder, would make the slow breaking ball that much better. But looks like he wants to throw some a few more cutters, a few more two-seamers added with the four-seamer. Like, he's added a little trickery here because he's not throwing as hard as he used to. But you know, he's, well, a, he's, he's also a, coming back he's from a tough kid. He, he's a, I mean, the Blue Jays are four and one in his five starts. Yep. That's all that matters. It's about wins now. You feel confident when he takes the mound because he's going to give you a chance. And I think they're scoring over nine runs when he's on the mound. You know, fingers crossed. They score nine runs tonight. Might have a shot. So it's, it's that thing, right? It's just, it's enough confidence that, and give him credit. Like he's, he'll do whatever it takes to get a guy out. And he'll keep throwing to that weakness. And there's not too many people that can do that. Bassett's one of those guys. Brios, when he's hot, it's one of those guys. Gosman's a here, see if you can hit it guy. You say Kikuchi's a here, let's see if you can hit it guy. So they they do have those pitch to weakness and add and subtract and, you know, miss barrels. Not the easiest thing to do in course field because if you do miss, you may not get it back. But make sure it's a solo and not a two-run shot. And I think that's what it is, right? He's not walking a ton of people, which is good. He's throwing strike one enough. He's unpredictable, oh, oh, enough. He's good with two, two, two strikes, which is a huge deal. He's got weapons to go to when he gets to two strikes. So, yeah, the pitching is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it's going to – the three days in, in Colorado, they're going to give him a chance. And, again, I mentioned that early. John has more weapons now. Like, it's – you could have a quicker hook. And I wrote this down somewhere if I can find it. Starters in baseball for the Blue Jays are have pitched the six most innings in baseball. That would mean the Jays' pen is 24th in baseball in innings pitched. They're fourth in ERA. Why I say that is now you can abuse them. Mm-hmm. You can't. The, their, their playoffs is in September. It's here. I was no, going to say. I was going to say that this. If this, you got to go to a dude in the fourth inning here. with two outs, you got to go to a dude yeah. with in the fourth inning with two outs, and you're going to use because you got them. Use them if you got them, and I think that's hopefully what you start to see because you have seen Bassett come out. You have seen Gosman come out. You have seen guys come out and say that we've been pitching a lot, and every single time I throw a pitch, it seems to matter. Now you've got all these guys down there who should be healthy and raring and ready to go, and you're seeing their best stuff. It's What I'm saying is if you got to pitch a bunch of them, you worry about tomorrow tomorrow. When you look at this pitching, and you 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 
do a deep dive into some of the numbers, you, you really do realize what a shame it'll be if this pitching gets wasted this year by a team not making the playoffs. It has been, it's been remarkably consistent top to bottom. It's been remarkably yeah, consistent. Yeah, the amazing part of that is if one or two guys in the lineup are doing better, you wouldn't be saying that. Yeah. I mean, you can say they're not, like we, we know the names. I mean, the guy plays third every day and the guy plays first every day. If those two guys were doing better, they we wouldn't be having the conversation about you're wasting good pitching and, you know, there's some urgency. You just like the way they go about it. Like it is, if I have to throw this 15 times in a row to get you out, I'll throw this 15 times in a row to get you out. Like, and they're doing forget, a, and they're forget doing about a, game plans and all those things. If it ain't working, I'm reading this bad. He don't like this pitch. I'm going to keep throwing it to him till I get him out. It's whatever it takes mentality. And, and they're doing it without and, Alec Manoa. Yeah. Still hasn't pitched for Buffalo. Yeah, I don't know what to read into that. Just saying. Still hasn't pitched. I would say people around the organization have bigger things to worry about now. Probably. Yeah. But... Just saying. It is, an odd, it is odd. It's almost a month since he's pitched. And we're led to believe that all the health stuff checked out. Yeah, I don't know. We may never know. Uh, Jeff Passon is going to join us in a few minutes. Passon added a, a little news item today. The uh, Major League Baseball has informed the Players Association that uh, the pitch timer, that there will be no change to the pitch timer for the postseason. Players wanted more time added on. In the last month, have you even noticed that? No, I was. No, I haven't. Even, you know what it's. You know what it's like now. It's to the point where I am stunned when someone gets nailed for a violation. Now that's how little I should noticed be slapped it. in the face. You should be slapped in the face. <laughs> like you should no, be. Seriously, I think I rolled a Chapman the other night. Had one. Yeah. That that cost him. Yeah. And you just want to. How how is this possible? This time of the year, when these games mean as much as they mean, and you're yeah. not paying attention to what you have to do, it's amazing. I thank goodness it's there. Like, uh, games are watchable are you, now. Like, you can, do, you can you, actually tune in and... Are and you surprised at how much... Look up and it's the eighth inning already. Are you surprised at how much you like it? I'm, because when we when when they brought it in, the pitch timer, and we started talking about it, I mean, I was kind of... But then as soon as I saw it in spring training and watched the World Baseball Classic without I, it, I came away thinking, okay, this is I'm, – yeah, I'm, I'm all in on this. I, I talked to Bassett and saw Bassett worrying about that in spring training, right. and I was wondering how that was going to go. Like I, he's using it I, to his I, advantage. I obviously talked to the wrong person <laughs> to start the season. Like, it, that's where I got that needy thing from. Like, it was just all over the map when it comes to what he was trying to do and yeah. how he was thinking his way through it. And now he's turned, he's it, the wrong guy he's to turned it into to. a weapon. And they made adjustments. Like, that's yeah. that's the name of the game, right, is, you know, now you can use that. To, uh, if I get my sign quick enough and I get my in my stretch soon enough, I can make that guy stand there and figure out what he wants to try and do against me. It's, it's kind of neat to watch. Yeah, it's – I don't – I, I think it's gotten to the point where what took them so long? Like, right. I, I think that's where we're at now with that. It's like, man, it makes so much sense. Doesn't like, it? When there's you, so many people running baseball that are super smart. What took you so long? It's like there are two things I wonder. I wonder about all the people who fought pitch clock 
And I also wonder about all the people who fought the DH going into the National League. Yeah. It is remarkable how, well, I mean, I don't think any right-minded baseball fan would pine for the days where pitcher was coming up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, although at least pitchers seem to know how to bunt um, because that's really all they could do. But it, it's remarkable how, and I'm old enough that I can remember the fights that you used to hear about at owners' meetings. Anytime somebody in the National League would mention bringing the DH in, I mean, you'd have guys that's destroying the integrity of the game, and um, and it was such a gradual thing, <clears throat> like getting rid of. You know, people don't realize at one point each league there was a league office, and each league had its own set of umpires, and those umpires only did AL games and NL games, and then in the postseason they got together and crossed over. People forget how split the leagues were. Mm-hmm. Like that was a real thing. And kind of gradually under Bud Selig, he got got rid of the league office, un- got the umpires together, unified the umpires. It was a gradual change. But, yeah, it's um, all the stuff we used to fight against. It's remarkable how much it's just become part of the fabric now. And you can't I- – I can't imagine – major league game without the pitch clock, just like I can't imagine pitchers hitting. I just can't. I yeah. don't know what that would look like. Yeah, I can remember when I was with the Reds and Bronson Arroyo was with the Reds, and he was an okay hitter, not a great hitter, yeah, like he, not, not by no means, but he was a decent bunner. And yeah. I can remember that I was I, – I might have a chance of pinch hitting, and he may have a chance of butting a guy over, and I can remember he was taking time out of the cage away from me. Yeah. And how chapped I was at him right. for doing that. So me thinking back about that and us trying to – do sort of the same thing late in the game and an actual pitcher being in a batting cage, you know, doing the little bunt thing that they try and work on occasionally when they do work on it. It's just, it's funny now that you look back at it, what what was really the point? I mean, it was, you know, yeah. you had some teams like the Braves. The Braves are so good. They'd, they'd bunt a guy over, make it hard on defenses to, you know, make a play and, and have to do it perfect. But it enters everybody else. Everybody else didn't look like the Braves. So, yeah. You know that was. I, I I'm with you. Like it's it makes the game sort of uh, a lot more fun. It makes the I, I think the thinking part of it. I don't want to say it's been eliminated, but you know the think long, think wrong thing. Well, we wouldn't without it. We wouldn't have had the whole Albert Pujols experience coming back to St. Louis and DHing, absolutely with the Cardinals, which which was a terrific story. So yeah, um, yeah, I it's uh, made the game better. It has. I don't think you can argue that. No. Even it, the people that say they don't like it. Yeah. Even, uh, you're right. And the pitch clock clearly has made the game better as well. Uh, Jeff Passan is ESPN's MLB insider. He'll join us next. John Schneider, Patrick Saunders covers the Rockies for the Denver Post as well. Don't go anywhere. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan, the Sportsnet radio network and Sportsnet. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Forty p.m. will be the first pitch tonight from Colorado. Place the Jays nice. take on the Colorado Rockies. What'd you say? Place is nice. I love that place. Yeah, it is. I know you. Do. 
Jays will take on the Colorado Rockies right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan and Sportsnet Hyunjin Ryu on the mound for the Blue Jays. Chris Flexen on the mound for the Rockies. Three games against the Rockies. Three games in Oakland against the Athletics. Don't tell us. Three games at home against Kansas City. Then Texas is in for four. And no, at no point, <laughs> at no point in spring training or in April or in May did I look at the schedule and go, man, oh, man, Colorado, Oakland, and Kansas City, they basically got to win every game in order to have a playoff shot. What if they went six and three in those nine games? Doesn't do it for me. There you go. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think I'm we're with, on the same I'm page. I'm with you. 100%. Jeff Passan is ESPN's MLB insider. He joins us as uh, per usual on a Friday on Blair and Barker. Mr. Passan, thank you so much for doing this. Nice of you just before we came on to tweet out that uh, Major League Baseball has decided to keep the pitch clock as it is right now in effect for the postseason. Uh, something, you know, Kevin and I have both talked about this. I'm happy with that because I don't like I just I don't like making different rules for the postseason and and I just gotta tell you, man, it's working. I was there was there serious thought given to giving the no. players extra time? <laughs> there wasn't. No. Good. No. There was there was there was no thought given to it. I understand why the players asked. Sure, why not? Of course they want extra time. And I you know, I think one interesting thing that's happened over the last couple months in particular uh, if you go back to April, the average game time was 237. Uh, average game time the last two months has been 241. Hitters have learned to use their time out mm-hmm. and to actually use it to their advantage, and it's added four minutes to the game. Um, already, like, do you guys uh, – I, I asked our sports information group for the information on this. What do you think the average time of game for a playoff game was last year? Oh. Um, 304. I, 304? Three hours and four minutes. I'm going to go. I mean, I seem to remember. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know. I, I'll go like 315. Mm. 332. Wow. The year before, 339, 
tells me that it's going to be a okay, and the players are going to do just fine. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, because the times I spent down at the ballpark and just chatted to guys about it, I. I didn't run into a player who felt strongly, you know, like, damn it, we need this. We got to go to our union. And, yeah. uh, and you know, Kevin and I were talking about this. A guy we had a lot of concerns about, Chris Bassett, yeah. has suddenly turned yeah. it into a weapon. Mm-hmm. Like, he's using Absolutely. it. He's using Absolutely. it to his advantage. And I, I kind of, I, I like it because, oddly enough to me, it seems as if, it's added a strategic wrinkle to the game. And I like it oh, when strategic wrinkles get added to baseball. Couldn't be more on board with you, man. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I listen, if you're a thinking man's pitcher, then you can absolutely weaponize the pitch clock. Um, and, and I like guys who get out of their routine or out of what they believe they need to do to get ready to throw a pitch. And try something different. I mean, we, we can't forget just how malleable we are as human beings. And, and I think that is even more so for baseball. We, you know, we, we talk about the stubbornness of players all the time. No, mm. uh, they're, they're, they're only as stubborn as they're forced to be. So when you put new rules in place, they adjust. They just do that. That's the, the, I think that is one of the things that's great about professional athletes that because sometimes their, their tricks or the things they do get figured out or stop working, they have to be adaptable. And so that adaptability showed itself with the pitch clock. And I think it's uh, had a profound effect and impact on where the game is now and where it's going to go in the future. Jeff, any chance they adjust the three batter rule? I, I don't think it's really all that significant. No. So I suppose it can be, you know, I suppose it can be pulled off the table. But at this point, I, I don't know why they they would. I mean, it you know, it serves a purpose, not a great purpose, but I think it certainly prevents the, you know, the one out guys that we have seen in the past. And keeping the game moving along. I, I just don't ever think that that's a bad thing. So if we can get rid of that, you know, one out loogie and mm. keep him away, uh, I think the, the game is better for that. Jeff, we, uh, we saw the, the LA angels put a fifth of their roster on waivers. Hold, hold, hold on a second. Hold on yeah. a second. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to guide this conversation because I wanted to do this at the beginning okay. when I heard you say it, you really think that if the Jays, don't win seven, eight, or nine of nine over the next week and a half that they're cooked? Yep. That's interesting. All right. No, why, I, why is that? Is it, is, it, is it the remainder of their schedule? Is it the, I got, the relative the, strength the, the, of the, the Rangers that are in ahead the East. of them? Yeah, the Rangers I, in the East. Yeah, I understand that the Yankees you know, are going to be a different Yankees team when the Jays seem at the end of the year. The Rays are still going to be the Rays. Um, you know, maybe the Rays are just getting the the decks lined up for the postseason. I just, I'll tell you, I've seen these guys in the AL East enough this year that I just, I have no, I have no faith in them being able to do anything other than maybe, maybe, maybe scrape five, scrape a 500 record out of out of games against the East the rest of the year. I just, I, I don't. Um, the lineup's just not that I good. Think, I, I think, I think that is understandable, and I think that is. There. And 
down the stretch, you're right. Like six against the Rays, three against the the Sox, four against the Rangers. It's like they've, you know, they've got some work to do. But man, uh, if six and like going six and three is pretty good. Mm -hmm. And if and if you think about it, what if the Rangers in that same period of time? go like four and five, which is not, an, especially the way they've been playing, not an unreasonable thing. Uh, they're tied if that's the case. Right. They're tied at that point. So I don't know, man. I, I, I get why if you don't win seven or eight or nine in this situation, it would be frustrating. But I also don't think it's a death blow if they don't. Jeff. If they go, if they go three and six or four and five, we're getting into an ugly place. Then, Jeff, a couple of times that I've been around the team not too long ago, uh, it, it seems like because they think they're a really good team and who they are facing, six and three, I think just mentally, I'm not sure they can come back from that. Their pitching's really good, if not great, borderline great. And when you don't have your best, hitter, I mean, they've, they've had their they've best had hitter. The best They've had the yeah. best pitching in baseball in the second half. Yeah, I just, I just think, I think they need to be 7-2 and two at least coming out of these nine games just to say mentally that, you know, we're pretty good and we're beating the teams we're supposed to beat. And now we're going to move on to Texas and whoever else they're facing to at least give them a chance to have 91 wins. I really do think that's a thing now with the Blue Jays. Yeah, I, I understand. I just it's, it's such a wild thing when the best hitter – on the Toronto Blue Jays in the second half of the season is Brandon Belt. Yeah, that is crazy. Like, like yeah. that's, that's where we are right now. That is bonkers to me. Yeah, and, and it, and it reminds, you know, I'm not going to say it's like white Sox esque because I don't think it can get as ugly as the white Sox have gotten, but it's just one of those things where I looked at the Jays lineup coming into the last few seasons, especially coming into this season, I was like, uh, like these are world beaters right here. This is a team that's going to put up 900 runs. Like that's how good this offense can be. And they're just okay. Yeah. Like that's, it's so frustrating. They're, they, they should be so much better than just okay. And they are just Okay. Jeff, let me ask you real real quick before I let Jeff jump in here. If if they don't make the playoffs, should somebody lose their job over that? I have gotten admittedly far less firing happy as I've gotten older. Me because too. I because I, I think I've gotten to understand how one year in a much larger story and in a much larger picture is not indicative of things, but I also will fully acknowledge that I'm not a sports fan in the traditional sense where I live and die with teams. And so my, my emotions don't exist here. When I look at the Toronto Blue Jays objectively right now, I look at a team that is probably going to finish with 85 to 90 wins, mm -hmm. like somewhere in there. Um, I look at a team that's in arguably the hardest division in baseball. I look at a team that uh, 
by and large, I think, has been constructed quite intelligently and, and frankly, should have won more games than, than it has this year. And I, I have trouble sitting here laying blame on one person, whether it's Ross Atkins or John Schneider or Mark Spire or whoever it may be, uh, and saying that a head needs to roll, that somebody needs to take the blame for the Jays potentially not even making the playoffs in a year where this is supposed to be like the prime years for Bo Bichette, for Vlad Guerrero, uh, and for a number of others on the team. Like These are supposed to be the years where you get to the World Series, not miss the playoffs. So if someone needs to go because of that, I get it. Uh, but me personally, no, I'm not firing anyone. Yeah. See, the, the, this, this whole thing, this whole discussion has to be viewed, I think, anyhow, in the context of the Toronto Maple Leafs because that, that, is, what, that, yeah. that is what structures the conversation, the debate in this market. And this is going to be five years of Bo and Vladdy Arguably, two of the best players the Jays have had come up together at the same time. Yes, yes. And the only memory is losing to the Tampa Bay uh, Rays in that COVID playoff, um, uh-huh. and and blowing away last year, and imploding against the Seattle Mariners at home. Yeah. And yeah. man, you know what? That people here are—they're very close to making the link between. Bo and Vladdy and Austin Matthews and William Nylander and Mitch Marner. And how come you guys can't win more than one playoff round? And how come you haven't won a Stanley cup yet? You're up against the salary. Like there's no excuses here. This is a team that's seventh or eighth in baseball and payroll. And I think that's what people are. People are starting to kind of wonder if maybe it isn't, you know, and I argue against this because it's a different sport. It's a, I mean, there's a whole variety of reasons it's different. It's just, mm-hmm. it's easy to make the playoffs in the NHL. It's easy. It's yeah. not easy to win yeah. the Stanley Cup. It's easy to make the playoffs, though. Baseball, it's not easy to make the playoffs in baseball. But It's easier. It's easier. Um, and you know what this reminds me of? It, this reminds me of the Yankees a year ago. Hmm. There, there, there were these little, you know, rumbling. The Yankees, now granted, the Yankees won 99 games a year. So a little different. But there was just this, this, this flicker of discontent with Brian Cashman to a lesser extent, with Aaron Boone more last year. And that's kind of shifted this year mm-hmm. as, as the Yankees have cratered and, uh, you know, the lack of talent there, especially homegrown talent, is been pretty well exposed. Um, It's different in what's actually causing this with the Blue Jays because they have drafted and signed and developed guys and they do have some homegrown pieces and, you know, they built this club seemingly the right way. It's, it's almost like what is it that's preventing them from winning and, I, I think that's where fans struggle to find an answer, and I understand it because I look at this team, this team that I picked to go to the World Series this year, this team that if you look individually, guys, most of them are having, if not decent years, then representative enough years. Mm-hmm. And you have a couple of guys who are having really good years. And, and when you look at the whole, um, it, it is not equal to the sum of its parts. 
Like the individuals are better than the team right now. And I'm not sure quite why that is. And I don't know if that reflects worse on the players or on John Schneider. Yeah. No, listen, I, I think a lot of it, when the story this season is written, a lot of it will get back to Alec Manoa's start, start of the year, going 0-6 against the East uh, in games that he started. And just the whole, the, how that combined, even though the pitching has been good, that kind of set off a chain of events that um, uh, I'm just not entirely certain that, that the organization has, re- has, has found its footing as a result. Yeah, I, I don't dis- Jeff, I don't disagree with you, but the pitching has performed. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's the hard part to reconcile here, right? Yeah. The pitching has really performed. Uh, I do want to move on to the waiver wire question, the waiver question. Was that a big deal? Yeah. What, what we just saw, or, you know, like, will be somebody saying, well, why doesn't base people are saying, why doesn't baseball take action against it? I, I don't know. If, can how can you take action? I mean, you, you should be able to put players on waivers. And yeah, I don't know if you can necessarily say, well, we're only going to allow you to put bad players on waivers. You can't put good players on waivers. Is this just a one-off created by the whole situation around Otani and we just need to live with it and move on? Or is baseball, do you think, going to take a look at it? What about this? What if MLB came in and said to clubs, you can put whoever you want on waivers, but if you put a player with five-plus years of service, which means somebody who is going to, after this season, reach free agency, if you put a player with five-plus years of service on waivers after the trade deadline, then you are responsible for the entirety of his contract. doesn't matter if he gets claimed and goes somewhere else. Uh, you are responsible for that contract. And what that does is that essentially precludes salary dumping right. like what the Angels did yesterday. I mean, I think that's a reasonable solution, and I think that's something that, uh, you know, would, would behoove uh, players as, as well as keep things in order and not have these teams just dropping post-deadline bonds and saying like, hey, you know, this is like, it's like the guy in your fantasy league who sucks all year and then gives up and then trades all of his good players to that one friend. Yes. Um, you know that deal's getting shot down by the commissioner in your fantasy league. Why does a deal like that exist in actual Major League Baseball? Yeah, great point. Jeff, thanks for doing this, That's man. Awesome. Thank you. Always, always a pleasure. Have a good one. Take care. Jeff Pass, an MLB insider with ESPN. Um. You get my point though about the whole Leafs dialogue thing, too. Right? Uh, yeah, I think so. In this in this market, I think August. Just, to your point, point, we to, all live in fear of the Leafs. We just do. Yeah, this is why I have trouble saying that people should be fired. I just because I, I hate to say that I played baseball forever, but I did. I played basically two different leagues. I played in the states and overseas. I played a lot of games every single year, and that's. Most of the time, it had when when we were bad had nothing to do with the manager or the coaches. It was us. So that's that's why it's it's just very hard for me to point the finger at anybody other than the players. To my to my point, Vladdy had 104 at bats in August. He had eight extra base hits and 13 RBIs. Mm. That's John's fault. It's time for between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Mr. Andrew Holland. What's yeah. Up? All right, guys. Uh... 
Jays and Colorado back at it tonight. So First of all, congratulate me on last night taking the over. Mm. I mean, you switch your pick about three times in a segment. So the last thing I said was I was taking the over. So Mm. I'm taking credit for that. I thought that was a pretty ballsy call. Eight seven. I was good. Anyhow, way out there. Okay. All right, Chris Flexen. Over under 14 and a half outs tonight versus the Jays. Is he going to go five innings? Yes. <laughs> Parker. You said yes. He's going to go five innings. Oh. He's gone. He's gone roughly that in his last couple of starts. Roughly. I think. So you did all, all kinds of homework. I looked at yeah, he's it. Allowed, yeah. He's allowed two earned runs over, or less in each of his last two starts. Don't be afraid to read a stat every once in a while. As a starter, he's got an ERA of seven and a half. That's the a Rockies co- are two, Rockies The Rockies are two and eight in his last in his last ten. It doesn't starts. matter. All he has to do is go five innings. He ain't great at pitching. No, he's not great. He's had a couple of good starts. Have you seen the lineup he's facing? <laughs> You're taking for the, the under, for the, you? for this show's sake and for fingers crossed that we can talk about them scoring a bunch of runs. All right, I'm taking the under. All right. Well, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the over after much. Deep thought. That was Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. It's a Friday. That means John Schneider's got a ball game to manage tonight. But before that, he's going to talk to us. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network, and Sportsnet.